Okay, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to This Week in Video Games. Now, we've got a, an interesting episode this week. It's a little different. We're going to talk about the Game Awards 2022. So we're going to kind of cover the new releases. We're not going to go through all of them, uh, just the major ones that I feel are the most popular. And then we're going to go through the awards. Again, not all of them. Uh, just the main like five categories that I think are are just cool and the most important. So without further ado, we're going to hop right into it. So Final Fantasy 16. Final Fantasy 16 releases on June 22nd, 2023. Now this is a PS5 exclusive. Now, dude, right out the gate, this gameplay looks sick. So the spectacle looks amazing. Uh, the trailer was really cool and it just seems thrilling. So Final Fantasy's departure from that original turn-based battle system was pretty controversial. I think they did it back in, what, 2015 with Final Fantasy 15 or whenever that was. Now, I personally think it was a good choice. So take that with a grain of salt. I don't like turn-based games. They're not my forte. They're not my thing. I typically don't enjoy them. Uh, but I think it was a good idea for the series. Now, additionally... It looks like we'll only be controlling the main character, uh, Clive, not all of the party members. So Final Fantasy 16 producer uh, Naoki Yoshida, I'm sorry if I mispronounced that, uh, this is what he said to uh, GamesRadar. Clive has a massive amount of unique abilities in his fully customizable arsenal. We wanted players to master these and customize these to the point where they can use them fluidly and stylishly, but by spreading out battle controls across multiple party members, it can end up hindering the action or just making things more complicated. And that's why we decided we'd rather have players focus solely on just controlling Clive. He went on to say, so in battle, you have these characters that will be fully AI driven, but that doesn't mean that they will just be there in battle. There will be party banter, they will be accompanying Clive along with this journey, or along this journey, and you'll have party members enter the party and leave the party, and different people come in depending on where you are in the story. These characters will play big roles in the story, and they will have their own arcs themselves. So it's not just basically having someone help you in battle. It's actually having party members that participate in Clive's journey. So I think this is cool. I enjoy the action RPGs. I enjoy the spectacle of it all. Uh, but that's just me. So how do you feel about these changes to the Final Fantasy formula? Maybe you're an OG fan and you miss the turn-based combat. Tell me how you feel in the comments. I personally do think it's a good move for the series, though. Now, Armored Core 6, Fires of Rubicon. Uh, we don't have a lot of information on this game yet, but the gameplay trailer looks incredible. The last Armored Core game came out in 2012. 2012, that was a decade ago. And the series started in 1997, 25 years ago. So it's impressive that FromSoft is able to generate this much hype around a decade-old series uh, that started that long ago. Uh, but following that massive success they've had with Elden Ring... I can't wait to see what they do with this game. And I also just love FromSoft as a company. You know, I've sunk thousands of hours into the Soul series and the Bloodborne and Sekiro and all that stuff. So uh, anything they put out is instantly at the top of my list, and I can't wait for Armored Core 6. Now, Hades 2. The first Hades game was absolutely fantastic. It's also currently on sale if you didn't catch my last uh, This Week in Video Games video. Go watch it. Uh, but this is an exciting one. You know, Supergiant Games has released just banger after banger after banger, in my opinion. You got Bastion, Pyre, Transistor. They were all great games, and they struck absolute gold with the first Hades. So I'm happy to see the game get a sequel. It's uh, Supergiant Games' first sequel, so uh, it'll be cool. Uh, this time you're playing as a completely different character. 
Uh, we don't have a name yet, but it's an immortal princess of the underworld looking to take down the god of time, Kronos. So a pretty cool premise right out of the gates there. And from the reveal trailer, it looks like the core gameplay and mechanics are the same as the original, which is absolutely the right decision because uh, the, the art style was really good and I personally loved it. But the core gameplay is what made that game special. So I'm happy it looks like they've kept that. Uh, there was no release date yet, but Hades is releasing for PC exclusively. Now, I see that changing at some point, depending on the popularity of the game. Uh, so maybe we can expect a console release at some point in the future. Moving on to Judas. So our boy Kevin Levine from Bioshock is back on the scene. The dude has been AWOL for years. Uh, and the Bioshock inspiration is abundantly clear. And, and that's a good thing. Uh, so in Judas, you're trying to escape a starship that's falling apart. And in order to do that, you've got to make alliances with some seemingly shady characters, which is always fun in video games. I enjoy that. Uh, truthfully, I don't have much info on this game right now. Uh, but as more comes available, I will happily keep you updated. We don't have a release date, but Judas will be available on PC, Xbox Series X and S, and PS5. Death Stranding 2. So I have not played the first Death Stranding. Frankly, it's just not the type of game that appeals to me. It's not the type of game that I enjoy. Uh, but it is absolutely graphically stunning, and the concept of it seems pretty cool, and it's interesting. Uh, moving on, though, we've got Hideo Kojima. Of course, he is the secret type, the secretive type. So the reveal trailer gave us next to no information. Um, we don't have a release date, but we know it's going to be releasing on PS5, and it'll probably stay an exclusive for a couple years like the first one. But I wouldn't be surprised if we see a PC release at some point. Now, let me tell you all something. This next game, bro. This next game is easily what I am the most excited about coming out next year. Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Now, this wasn't revealed at the Game Awards, but we did get a release date and a new gameplay trailer. <laughs> I can't wait for this one, bro. So I almost never finish video games. I've got like severe ADHD, so I lose interest in things dang near instantly. But Jedi Fallen Order grabbed my attention and it kept my attention for the entire duration of the game. Every single day when I got home from work, I dropped my backpack, I ran upstairs, and I started playing. And I kept playing until it was time for me to go to bed, and I lost a lot of sleep. It is easily one of my favorite games, and the Star Wars universe in general, in general is just one of my favorite pieces of media. I've spent hours reading the lore, watching the breakdowns from Stupendous Wave and Star Wars Theory. If, I mean, you had to have heard of them if you haven't checked them out. So the fact that these games are canon, on top of the already great combat, on top of just being a fantastic Star Wars game, which are too rare nowadays, was just a cherry on top. Basically, what I'm trying to say is I will be playing this game. The combat looks fantastic, and from the trailer, it looks like they took that already really solid combat from Fallen Order and just built on top of it, which is absolutely the right thing to do. So Jedi Survivor releases on March 7th, releases <laughs> March 17th, 2023. It should be on all platforms. I can't wait. Let's talk about Earthblade. So this is from the developers of Celeste. This game looks pretty fun, man. Um, if it has anything in common with the movement of Celeste, then it'll be an absolute banger of a game. Uh, 2D platformers are typically not my thing, but if you haven't played or at least watched a Celeste uh, speedrun, do yourself a favor, go watch one. 
it is easily one of the most satisfying things to watch. I mean, the gameplay is just super fluid. Uh, that's really all I got to say. There's not much info available on this one, but it does have a 2024 release that's been confirmed. We don't know an exact date yet. Uh, now, the only platform that's been confirmed is PC, but I wouldn't doubt, uh, you know, a console release is in the works. These games are perfect on Switch specifically, so uh, I'd be expecting a console release at some point, but don't quote me on that. Moving on to uh, Suicide Squad, Kill the Justice League. So this is bittersweet, right? Kevin Conroy, he'll be the voice of Batman. As you probably know, we recently lost him. Uh, but I'm happy we get to hear him again in one last project. You know, from what I could tell with the interviews and stuff, he loved being Batman. We loved him as Batman. He personally made my childhood. Uh, and I know he's done that for a lot of other people as well. He was just a good dude, man. Um, so sad that he's gone, but I'm happy we get to hear him in another project. So thank you, Kevin, for making our childhoods, you know, just a little bit greater. So hopefully the game is great. I really do. I really do hope so. Uh, but it's coming out May 26, 2023. I believe it is on all platforms as well. All right. Now we've got some honorable mentions. I'm not really going to go into too much depth on these. They're just going <laughs> to, you know, get them out. So Tekken 8, no release date. Uh, Diablo 4, June 6, 2023. Street Fighter 6, June 2nd, 2023. Horizon Forbidden West, Burning Shores. Uh, Horizon Forbidden West is for PS4 and PS5, but the Burning Shores DLC will be a PS5 exclusive. Uh, it is releasing on April 19th, 2023. We got Crash Team Rumble. We don't have a specific release date, but it's coming out sometime in 2023. And Warhammer 40K Space Marine 2, freaking tongue twister. No release date on this one. So those were all of the releases that were announced in the Game Awards. Now let's hop into the actual awards. I'm not going to go over every category like I said at the beginning. Uh, just the five main ones that I consider the best. Game of the Year. Say it with me, folks. We all know what it is. Elden Ring. This is absolutely deserved. So the game is not perfect by any means. I have my problems with it. But... The amount of success this game has seen with a mainstream audience is just a testament to the overall overall quality of the game. Now, I love the Soul series, so I'm extremely biased. Like I mentioned earlier, I've dumped hundreds, if not thousands, of hours into the Soul series. And I'm happy that they were able to expand what was somewhat niche success of the the Soul series and Bloodborne, and expand that to a major audience. That's really exciting. So I 100% agree, Elden Ring, Game of the Year. Now along those same lines, we've got Best Game Direction. This also went to Elden Ring. Uh, personally, I could have given this one to Elden Ring or God of War Ragnarok. They are both absolutely just fantastic video games in their own way. But there's no doubt that Elden Ring deserves this title. So I'm going to get on my soapbox a little bit here. Bear with me. The vague environmental storytelling that has always been FromSoft's you know, shtick with the Souls and Bloodborne series, that DNA is 100% seen and felt in the world of Elden Ring. There's something special about not being told all of the answers. Right? And too often in mainstream media, the focus on FromSoft's games is the difficulty. And that is definitely a valid point. The games are challenging. But... We can't let the story fall to the wayside. 
If you're willing to do a little bit of digging, there is a beautiful and robust story to all of From's games. So Miyazaki and the team behind Elden Ring absolutely have something to be proud, <laughs> something to be proud of here, and they deserve best game direction 100%. Now, best narrative, God of War Ragnarok. Does anything further need to be said? It's God of War. So at the time of recording this, I have not finished Ragnarok all the way through yet. So I can't fully speak to the total narrative of the game. I'm just going to be fully transparent with you. Uh, but that being said, what I have played so far has been one of the best gaming experiences in my life. You know, you're ex exploring these realms with Kratos and Atreus. You know, Kratos is a teenager now, so he's got an attitude on him. And I personally hate the boy. Uh, and Kratos is this god of war trying to be a father. It's a really interesting and cool dynamic. You know, you're dealing with the fallout from Kratos' decisions in the last game with Freya. You're dealing with the fact that the entire Norse pantheon knows about your past with the Greek gods and the fact that he just slaughtered all of them. There's a really interesting dichotomy when you mix all of these things together and they wrapped it up with a tight little bow uh, in this story. So I love this game. I couldn't agree more that it absolutely deserves best narrative. The performances across the board were absolutely fantastic. This game was just great in every way, shape, and form. Going along with that, we have best score in music. God of War Ragnarok. Let me tell you, man. The score, the music, and just the overall audio prowess of this game. Amazing. Like I mentioned earlier, I don't often get fully immersed in every game that I play, and sound design is a really big part of that. But God of War sucked me in from the first minute I started playing, man. What comes to mind, you know, and this might be a minor spoiler, but it's still relatively early in the game. When Atreus and Sindri are on that uh, that little platform, and Atreus is calling Jormungandr, you know, the, the world serpent. The haunting chant that starts playing as he emerges from the mountain, it's already an amazing visual spectacle, right? But then you add the chants, you add the music, and you get this sense of reverence for this being. It's amazing. The moment doesn't last long, but it doesn't need to. It sticks with you. I mean, it literally gave me chills. The fact that I still remember it right now after playing it two weeks ago, week and a half ago, that's a testament to that. So absolutely, God of War Ragnarok deserves best score in music. Such a good score. Now our final category, best performance. Christopher Judge, God of War Ragnarok. All I can say is yes. A million times over, yes. The moment that sticks out to me is, again, minor spoiler, this is still in the beginning of the game, it's when you fight Bjorn, the bear. Turns out it was actually Atreus who transformed into the bear. But when Kratos sees Atreus laying there, knowing he just beat the crap out of that bear, first Kratos screams Atreus. And as he gets closer, he progressively gets quieter and quieter. And there's this atmosphere where he's like, did I just kill my son? Is he okay? You've got this foreboding, supernaturally strong god of war who slaughtered pantheons of gods, speaking in a soft, worried, just 
almost panicked tone. Christopher Judge's ability to convey this range of emotions while staying true to Kratos and his struggle to do that is exactly why he won this award. He is absolutely deserving. 2022 has been just an absolutely fantastic year for games. And I'm really grateful that we've picked up this mainstream attention. You know, when I was growing up, games were, I mean, they were popular. You know, I grew up in the PS1 and PS2 era. But they weren't mainstream, right? There was still this stigma around gamers and stuff that you were the nerdy dudes and, you know, you had the acne and the glasses and whatever. Nowadays, though, they're so mainstream and there's such a big budget around video games that we get to have these moments that we otherwise wouldn't get to have, you know? The three original God of Wars were, were great, but they're a testament to their era to the early 2000s where it's hack and slash and spectacle and stuff like that. And I've used that word a lot in this, but it's because it's applicable. Whereas now you have the same character, Kratos, and I'm just using God of War as an example. This applies to a lot of series, but you've got this same character and we've seen him grow. And now he's trying to be a father. And now he's trying to get away from the mistakes that he's made in the past. And you get to grow with Atreus, you get to grow with Kratos. You meet these characters and you start to love these characters and it becomes more than a game. You know, it's oftentimes our escape from the world that we live in. Um, and I'm just happy that we get to have this. I'm happy that video games have picked up so much attention that they're getting the love that they've always deserved. And now it's just on a much larger scale. So with all that being said, I'm going to wrap this one up. It's a little longer than I typically make these, but the Game Awards 2022 was a pretty good time. Besides that weird boy, weird boy <laughs> getting on stage and talking about Bill Clinton, but we're not going to talk about that. Uh, thank you guys for listening. If you made it all the way to the end, I really appreciate your time. Uh, I've been the Mustachioed Gamer. I'm your host. This has been a fun one. Thanks for listening. Peace.